Welcome to the Passion Harvest podcast audio series. Thank you so much for listening today. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. If you would like to watch this episode, please head over to our Passion Harvest channel on YouTube. We love taking you on a journey to discover your passions. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Passion Harvest. I am Louisa, your host. Thank you so much for joining me wherever you are in the world. Our guest today is Diane Brandon. Are you ready to explore the steps to your life path and purpose, accessing the higher soul awareness and spiritual unfolding? Diane Brandon is a teacher, speaker and expert on intuition, dreams and the born aware phenomenon. She is the author of Born Aware, Intuition for Beginners, Dream Interpretation for Beginners, and Invisible Blueprints. This is her story, and this is her passion. Diane Brandon, welcome to Passion Harvest. Thank you so much, Louisa. Thank you for asking me. I am so looking forward to our conversation. I know it's going to be very, very enjoyable. How can we connect more with our higher self or higher soul or receive intuition and guidance? I would start meditating because meditation gets us into our center. I would recommend chewing on what one's essence is. I feel that we all have an essence for a lifetime. It's who we uniquely are in the present lifetime underneath anything layered on top that's not us, get into who you really are on the inside and begin to explore that, begin to embrace that and start living from that. I would recommend definitely learning how you're guided using any tools you want to use. People will use different tools. And, and also, I would say it sounds like I'm putting down the human side. The human side exists for a reason, for a purpose. So try not to feel that you want to get out of your human side and just into the human soul awareness and 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 reside there as opposed to going back and forth i feel that um it behooves us spiritually and personally to be able to go back and forth between the two did that help answer your question it was great thank you Thank you very much. It's not simple. <laughs> I know it, it's, it's, and it's different. It's complicated and it's simple, different for everyone. Um, yes. You you often talk about soul's blueprint or soul's path or life purpose. What does this mean and how do we follow this? Uh, I first came up with the term invisible blueprint. And, and, and that's the title of my first book because I was so taken aback by some of the things I was learning through doing the intuitive counseling. I hope that my clients were learning. However, I was learning. And I mentioned essence. I was quite surprised the first 
three or four years that I was doing the intuitive work to kind of step back and go, okay, what is this that I am reading initially in a person? And I came up with it being the person's essence. Again, who you, we uniquely are on the deepest level in the present lifetime underneath anything you're on top that's not us. And I feel that that is an invisible blueprint for who we are in a lifetime and, and what our path is. At the same time, I know that we are energetically encoded with the path for our lives before we come in. So that invisible blueprint, our essence, is a little bit of a roadmap. And when we add to that being able to be inner guided, I feel that that puts us on our life path. I feel that we all want to know what our purpose is. What I found over the years is there are many, many different types of life purpose. And the more we are inner guided, allowing ourselves to be, it's almost an organic process, Louisa, that sets us on our life path, moves us forward. And for some people, purpose may be one particular thing they're supposed to do. But for a lot of people, it is what they are to experience and how they are to affect other people in their lives. So I feel that by embracing who we are on the inside and allowing ourselves to be guided organically, we move forward. We know when we're being spoken to. We know when, oh, I need to look at this or here's an avenue that I need to explore. I can look back on my life and at, at my advanced age now and see how I've always been inner guided. And perhaps, for example, if someone had said to me when I was 20 that I was going to be working with my intuition, I would have thought they were crazy. So I think sometimes we want to know what our purpose is so we can drop everything and get to it immediately. But we are, we are going to be led there. We are going to be led there. So it is very much the journey. Everybody uses the word journey. And it can be a beautifully organic process. That's what, that's, that's what I would recommend. No, thank you so much. You spoke before about, and I know it's one of your books, Dreams and Dream Interpretations. How significant are dreams in our life? I feel that dreams are very, very significant. I feel that sleep is very significant. I've jokingly said this over the, the years, Louisa, but it's so true. I've always loved to sleep because I'm not here. It is the closest I can come to being back on the other side. And I very much want to be back home. I felt that way since I was born. So one aspect, aside from the fact that sleep is very refreshing and it's necessary for our health for a number of reasons, 
there are so many things that we do while we're sleeping. Our consciousness can be off traveling, exploring other places, other time periods, and then that will sometimes be brought back to us in the form of a dream. Some dreams are not dreams about something, they are actual experiences. Uh, we can have healing dreams. We can get information in dreams on ways to approach healing something. And at the same time, some dreams can be healing in and of themselves. As I mentioned a little while ago, I personally feel that our unconscious is always trying to bring us to balance. It's, it's an inner ally. It is not this negative thing inside of us. And sometimes we have dreams, we're given dreams from our unconscious that are trying to bring us to balance or trying to give us information. We can solve problems while we're sleeping in the form of a dream. We can incubate, try to incubate dreams that will give us answers to something that we're working on. So dreams are very, very rich. I, I feel that there are many different types of dreams. They can serve different purposes. And of course, the difficulty with dreams is that they're not all literal and straightforward. <laughs> they can tend to be very, very symbolic. And that's just because of how our unconscious works. So, the uh, naming part of our brain is turned off, so our unconscious uses other means to convey meaning. But yes. dreams are wonderful, wonderful. And, They're and a wonderful so tool. I agree, but many people will be probably included. I don't remember all my dreams. I don't dream every night. Well, what do you say to that? <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you something, Louisa. Are you sleep deprived? No. No? Because we do dream, it's just a natural function of, of our minds while we're sleeping. Mm -hmm. We only tend to remember our dreams if our consciousness shifts while we're dreaming. So while we're sleeping, there are different cycles that we go through. And the first part of the night tends to be the deeper restorative sleep doesn't mean that we don't dream during that those phases but sometimes our consciousness doesn't shift so we don't remember the dreams we tend to have the dreams that we will remember in the later stages of sleep so that's why i asked if you were sleep deprived because for people who are not getting enough sleep they're not sleeping long enough to get to the phases where we tend to remember dreams um some people don't remember dreams because they're just not interested or or they may not need some of the information but do you ever remember any dreams oh yes i do but not every night that's all well you may not have had there may be nights where you're not given significant information mm -hmm. you may be doing more exploring or you're being given information that is not supposed to come to conscious awareness yet. 
because we can be given information and it's just going to reside in the unconscious until yes. the time is right for it to surface. No, the unconscious, I, yes. huge repository. Gosh, is, do you have advice for me or for the audience that would like to remember more of their dreams? What, what, what would be your, your advice? I would say, first of all, try to wake up very, very slowly with your eyes closed. That may sound a little, little different. Um, our, our world, our sleeping world, our dreaming world is, is very real, uh, real. It's very rich. It's an internal one. As soon as we start to wake up and we open our eyes, we are bombarded by stimuli, shifts the stage, uh, the, the level of consciousness and crowds out any memory of dreams. So by trying to wake up slowly with your eyes closed while trying to savor and remember anything that was there for you, that's one way of trying to remember it. The next thing is to try to record what you're remembering as quickly as possible. I'm going to forget the statistic, but um, it's, it's something like within five seconds of waking up and, and, and opening our eyes, we forget something like 90% of what was there for us in that other world. So that's one thing, you know, I would, I would recommend. And it doesn't have to be in words that we're remembering as much as feelings of the dream, any, any feelings we had, any faces, any colors, because once we start to name, that's also coming from, you know, the other part of the brain. So those are, and it's, it's like a muscle. You have to work the muscle, um, but it takes, it, takes a little bit of discipline and alarm clocks alarms tend to jolt us awake and tend to ensure that we're going to forget <laughs> what any dreams that we had had well thanks does that, for those yes, does that no, sound that like was, it would that be was helpful great. for you thank you so much i'd like to move on to what you mentioned before and your book born aware what is this and those that have pre-birth memories you mentioned or born aware, what does this mean? And if you can share a bit more of that for the audience. I would love to, Louisa. Uh, this, this kind of came out of left field for me. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of background. I've always remembered what I thought when I was born. Uh, I didn't know that that was unusual. I didn't talk to people about it. But back in, I'm trying to remember the year, maybe 2015 approximately, within the space, one client in, in the context of a session mentioned pre-birth memory, what she remembered when she was born, not pre-birth, but at birth. And then a few months later, when I was teaching a workshop, one of the participants mentioned she was sharing, this was an intuition workshop, and she was going to be sharing 
her experiences with an exercise and she talked about uh, remembering before she was born. She always remembered it. And I realized that I was being given a message because when the first person shared hers, I thought, oh, well, I do too. I've just never talked about it. And, and so that put me on the road to writing the book. So I looked for people who have always remembered what they thought when they were born. And I found several people, I, I can't remember now how many are in the book, maybe 18, 19, 20. And all of the people I interviewed who are in the book remember what they thought when they were born. And these were spiritual memories. Uh, I've come to realize that there are people who remember from birth, but not necessarily with the spiritual mixed in. So there, we may be talking about two different phenomena. And as I interviewed people, I asked everybody the same questions, but I started to see similarities in their lives as well. So the born aware phenomenon really has to do with people who've always remembered what they thought when they were born and were spiritually aware at birth. Since the book came out, I've been contacted by other people who have these memories. So, you know, it's not just that there are five of us in the world or 18 or 20, there are lots of us in the world. And, and people have told me they, they never felt comfortable sharing this with, with other people. So I feel that as a phenomenon, it gives us information. I started chewing more on the higher soul awareness as a result of working on the book. And I covered that in the book and have that one meditation. And and I also feel that there are spiritual implications of this. I mean, obviously, one major implication is that we existed before we were born. I'd like to say that the soul was not created at conception. The, the physical form that the soul is going to go into, the vessel, is created at conception. The soul already existed, and, and the soul has memory. A lot of times when we come to this planet, I, I tend not to say when I was born as much as when I came here, or we don't bring in a memory of our life as a soul. Some people have memories of other lifetimes reincarnation but the soul already existed and I, I feel that this phenomenon gives us more information and more I guess of a of a, a grounding of a basis for feeling that yes the soul did already exist and we're not making this up so I feel that I feel that it it's um it's a fascinating phenomenon. Uh, I don't take any credit for it. I was allowed to have these memories. Um, 
there's nothing special about it. For some reason, it's part of our assignment while we're here on this planet. Oh, well, thank you, Diane. Uh, would you mind sharing your memories of birth? I'd be happy to. What I remember, Louisa, when I was born, and I'll go back and say, you know, I don't think my soul spent any time in the developing embryo body fetus, you know, because I didn't want to come. <laughs> so I feel like my soul came in at birth and I just remember being very upset. I did not want to be here. I was upset that I had to be here. I knew I had to be. I remembered that on the other side, I have absolute knowledge. And I knew that while I was here, I could not have absolute knowledge. And that I found that frustrating. But I knew I had to be here because there was something I was supposed to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. I thought it had to do with performing. So I pursued acting and singing for years before the intuitive work emerged. Um, but that's, that's I, I remember also remember being with God before I came here. And that connection has never gone away. It's almost like I am tethered. Um, and, and that I am very grateful for. Because it's, um, it's just wonderfully reassuring. But those are my memories. But, but other people, you know, have other types of memories that are spiritual. For example, one woman remembered looking around the delivery room and, and seeing people she'd known before and, and souls who were there. Another person remembered feeling that he was very grateful for all the, the beings who had worked to bring him here this time. So they're, they're, they're different types of memories. One person remembered forceps being used and, and, and felt that he was going to be killed. The body was going to be killed, you know, during birth. So there are different types of memories that, that people have. Um, I personally find it fascinating. It is absolutely fascinating. Just two questions on that one. You remember, remembered being with God before your incarnation it's hard to put in words what, what did that feel like excellent question that for me is the most powerful thing um i know god's energy it is unmistakable it is reassuring it is it overrides anything on this planet that that i experience as much as you know we go through the dark night of the soul and we you know we're in pain about this and it it completely is more powerful and reassuring and 
I, it makes me feel, Louisa, that I wish I could help other people find that and feel that because I don't have any doubts about death and what I will experience, you know, when I, when this body dies, I don't have any doubts about that. And so many people have a fear of death or what they will encounter. So if I could find a way to help other people find that connection, feel that connection, I feel that it would be very beneficial. I'm not good at putting into words how it feels, but it is, it's, it's, it's the most powerful truth in my life. That's, well, that's beautiful. Thank you. So when we, when our physical body dies, what do you think happens to us? Oh, I feel that to a certain extent that can vary from one person to another. I feel that all the literature that's come out on near-death experiences has really enabled people to kind of part the veil a little bit. Um, I started reading, I think I read Kenneth Ring's Heading Toward Omega back in the, oh, I'm trying to remember if it was late 80s or early 90s, and wonderful book about near-death experiences. I feel that that we often, as we're preparing to die, even if we're not consciously aware of it, experience passed on loved ones either appearing to us or communicating with us, trying to help ease the transition. My sense is that we, the best way I can put it is that we wake up we wake up from the human experience to the experience of the other side. Um, what I've seen is, when I say what I've seen, I mean, you know, in working with clients intuitively, is some transitions are just very gentle um, and easy and gradual. I feel that the more spiritual that we've been or or the 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 more we've had warm, compassionate hearts, it's an easier transition. I feel that we are often, if it's not the norm, greeted by past on loved ones. I some people will talk about guides. i I will I will be back with God. Um, I feel that some people may need to go to a place of healing after they transition. If, if they've been in physical pain or emotion, emotional pain, I apologize for that. Um, I feel that there is or are a host of beings on the other side to support us. I feel that sometimes... Well, you, I'm sure you've heard of the life review, the instantaneous life review where we see everything. There was a near-death experiencer named Tom Sawyer. I think he had two or three, but, but he 
spoke to groups. I heard him speak a couple of times in North Carolina, and he talked about in the life review that it was instantaneous, but he could see how he affected other people. He could actually feel it. For example, if he saw a tree that was really beautiful, he could, in the life review, he could feel the tree feeling his appreciation. So life review, I feel, is, is very, very instructive. I feel that, in a sense, some aspects of a life review may feel like hell because we may see how we have hurt other people and we will experience it from our point of view and the other person's point of view. I feel that that is is necessary. It comes before and it's necessary before we drop the human persona. At some point after we transition, we drop that human persona and then are into our higher soul awareness. The human persona of that lifetime doesn't go away. We can always put it back on on the other side if we want to visit people we love who are still here. Um, one person in my book expressed it beautifully, and I'm not going to remember verbatim how she put it, but that her her soul was the containment, the container for all these different lifetimes and all these different personas. So we we drop the human persona again. We can have access to it. And there are different things that people do. Some people will study and learn. Some people will guide. Some people will. There are all sorts of things that we do on the other side. Uh, the book I'm working on next, incredibly slowly, is about people's memories of the other side that they've always had. And it's very, very, I've interviewed a few people at this point and fascinating information, information because some people remember levels, you know, on the other side. So there, there are all sorts of things, but I don't remember fear on the other side. I just remember it being such a positive, positive place. We're not restricted by bodies. We can travel. We have absolute knowledge. There is just, you're enveloped by love and support. So it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Well, we've lots of exciting things to look forward to. You mentioned that um, you, you didn't want to come back. You didn't choose to come back. Many people say that it's a choice. You don't have to come back. That's clearly not what was the case for you. Very true. Very true. The way I look at this, Louisa, is that while we're here, we're subject to time, past, present, future. On the other side, on the higher levels, there's no time. It's like an eternal now. So yes, we have choice on this level, but it was always known what we would choose, and we are encoded with the plan for our lives. Because one of the things that that I feel about the human experience on this planet is it's it's a great drama. <laughs> it's a great drama that we're all playing roles. When we come here, we have a 
persona, we get into costume, and we're playing a role that I feel is, well, I feel that the drama is to push humanity forward, to unfold and to improve over time. So there's that aspect of it. So I feel that we have the experience of making choices while we're here. But it was always known what we would choose, and we are encoded with a plan for our lives. Now, for, for myself, not wanting to come back, basically, God told me, <laughs> you know, this is where you go next. You know, and this is what you have to do. I didn't, I wasn't allowed to bring a full memory of that mm-hmm. with me. So I don't know all the ins and outs. I just knew bare essentials. So again, there are levels to the soul, to the consciousness. I should say the consciousness. And I feel that as humans, we're very, very motivated to feel that we have a choice with everything. But again, I feel that it's a matter of levels. The choices we make, have they already been chosen and we think we're choosing them? A fate and free will the same. <laughs> it's hard to wrap our minds around. Um, I was brought up Presbyterian and they talked about, you know, predestination. So I feel like, again, on this level as a human, we want to have the choices it's it's just a totally different thing when we're on those those other levels and if we didn't have that experience of choice while we're here as a human and i say as a human because we we're different life forms too then then would we be unfolding if we didn't have that sense of i chose this experience and now i'm having to learn from it so i feel like that's part of the human experience does that even make sense? It absolutely does. It, 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 it does. It's nice to think that we have a choice. Maybe it's already been pre-planned many lifetimes ago. Um, what's your advice for individuals to live their most aligned path, their best life? How can we live our best life? What, what I would recommend is that we live our lives as our lives, but that we're always setting aside time to tap back in to our center. And I recommend meditation, but people may have other ways of doing that. It's almost like finding a balance between what we're about, what our day-to-day is, whether that's job or career, relationship, while also finding the time to kind of step back. For some people, it's stepping back. For some people, it's, it's, it's already going on where we're tapping in and paying attention to how we're led on the inside and how we're guided. I feel like that's a necessary part of, of trying to live 
in as aligned a way as possible. Um, and I could make other recommendations as well, but I would say that I feel is, is probably the most significant one. Oh no, thank you, Diane. Um, thank you. Where's, where, so where's the best place for people? And I will leave a link in the show notes, but where's the best place for people to connect with you? I would say probably through my website, which is dianebrandon.com, D-I-A-N-E-B-R-A-N-D-O-N.com. That's really easy. <laughs> Diane, it's been such a delight to have you on the show. Is there anything else that I haven't asked you that you'd like to share with the Passion Harvest audience on a final note? Thank you. I just want to encourage I want to encourage people. We all have a wealth inside of us. And I think in our contemporary culture, we're led to orient ourselves to, to what is outside of us. And, and it gets very, very busy. But I feel there is so much wealth inside of us. So the journey, the inward journey is not only very important, but it's very rewarding. I want to encourage people to develop every aspect of themselves that, that they want to, that they feel led to, because it all happens for a reason, and it can be very enriching, personally enriching. It can benefit our relationships as well. Um, our inner life can be very, very rich. It can yield results that we don't anticipate. And we are all fully able to do that inner exploration and embrace who we are on the inside. Beautiful. Well, Diane, thank you. What a great way to end the show. And thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest. Thank you so much, Louisa. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Love connecting with you. It was a delight. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. Bye-bye. That is the end of our passionate episode. Thank you so much for listening. And please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends and spread the passion. As always, every day, may you be more and more passionate.